Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away we are back with another episode we got to get like the the intro the dr dre intro do 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 oh really yeah i've not heard yeah. that man you have to you lying son of a bitch uh, i'll play it for know, you i probably have so but. what's what's up my dude we're in the middle of a shit storm right now huh yeah, shitstorm, and uh, we're in Wisconsin, and every day I think about being by the beach, listening to some ocean water. This week wasn't bad. It was, you know, there was a th- three days, where it was like 30 degrees. I was outside on the way to the gym, you know, and I had my shorts on and my overshirt, and I'm like, yeah, this is all right. And then I walked out this morning, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> we're in fucking Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, I tried to embrace it. You know, I did half my workout outside with the garage door open and just thinking oh yeah i got the steam coming off right this is tough this is rocky and you know i get in it but i'm at a point where i'm ready to go to the beach for a week yeah i could see that i just so. i don't know man it's it's weird when it gets really cold we look around and go why the fuck do we live here like yeah. why but then it's like oh, family's here jobs here like what i would love is i would love to get to a point where i have enough of a freedom 
as far as income to be transient right yeah. here in the summer wherever i want to be fall and spring either place and then wherever in the winter somewhere dry and warm yeah i look at tampa um that was back in november and tampa's got good cost of living yeah yeah housing is a uh, really reasonable but you know it's 30 40 minutes from Clearwater. so if you live outside of tampa i'm guessing maybe so yeah i'm getting to that age where uh you know i gotta start thinking about that stuff yeah you do i gotta be one of those guys driving that caddy down to florida in the winter time and golfing and then coming back up here in the summer right you ever heard of turo 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 so turo is like airbnb but for cars so you can turn oh, over to right? like for high-end cars and stuff. Uh, I, I don't know that it's specifically for high-end. I don't think you could probably have a piece of shit and turn it right. It's not yeah. like you're just going to turn your Honda Civic, but um, that's, I mean, that would be perfect for somebody. If you had, if you had two houses, right. When you're not there, you could have yeah. somebody managing your Turo car, right? Your your Escalade or whatever. Yeah. And it's making you money while it's there or at least paying for itself. You oh, know? Damn. I never, yeah, that's a good idea. Right. I mean, you got to have somebody that you trust operating it and i was talking to a guy about it this morning and it's like i mean i know i beat the shit out of rental vehicles right so like i'd probably treat it a little bit better knowing it was like somebody's personal vehicle but i'm sure not everybody's like that yeah well couldn't you get one of those uh like a little insurance uh things you plug in the odb and it kind of tells you when you're driving too fast oh, so good point put in the contract saying that you know if there's and maybe they have that already play. i mean if you got to figure if like if your insurance company has it they're a big turtles seems to be a big ass company so they probably have it too yeah so, so yeah you that get chargebacks for if you drive like a bat out of hell so yeah or you just bite the bullet and you just do two-year leases right because that's yeah. ca- it's cash flow so a two-year lease on a you know a two-year lease on an escalate is thousand bucks a month yeah so as long as you're making a thousand bucks a month you got a free you got a free car whenever you go down there and then you just re-up it every two years, trade it in, get a new one. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that because last time I went down there, uh, I went the budget route, which I've never done. Usually I go through, I have memberships of like Hertz and Avis and uh, um, on Emerald for um, National. And I tried, you know, this budget one and it was definitely budget. Was it? Oh my gosh, it was nasty. Yeah. I had this nasty uh, Hyundai Elantra that... It was high mileage. It was beat. It was nasty. Never again. It's funny. If you guys are ever, if you ever need to go, um, if you want to fly one way or if you need to go pick up a car or something, you need to rent a car. Just a little hack. If you want to pick up a car here, drive it somewhere and then leave it there. If you go through the companies like Travelocity or some of them, and I can't guarantee this still works, but it worked when I bought my truck down in Alabama. If I were to go through Enterprise, they would charge me an extra 170 bucks to leave a car somewhere else. It's like a oh, one way yeah. drop fee. Yep. I went through Expedia, I think, and there was no extra fees. So it was $68 to rent a car in Wisconsin, drive it to Alabama and leave it in Alabama and then drive my truck that I bought home. Wonder how that works. These probably, they probably, you know, they have, what? well, they probably have agreements, right? So they have agreement Travelocity or whoever you use has agreements with enterprise that says, this is, you know, this is what we're going to charge and this is what we're going to make. Yeah. Whereas Travelocity can charge you whatever the fuck they want to charge you. Yeah. So it like, it, go, it goes over, you don't get that extra fee. Well, you have to look that up. <clears throat> you no, know, I mean, one rental place I like is Sixth. Yeah. I've, we used six when we went down, we had a Volvo, uh, oh, like yeah. the high end Volvo. Or like no, the, the high-end Saab. Or no, the high-end Saab. The 9, 9X 9S or, or X9 yeah. or whatever it was. It was it was nice. It was like a weird... 
super safe, like bicycle version of a luxury car. I don't even know how to explain it. It was like, it was, it was, Sobs are weird in general. Well, and it, it, it was nice and luxurious, but also like, I mean, you looked, it was like a hundred thousand dollar car. Right. But yeah. then when I'm driving, I'm kind of like, well, this is like the most boring hundred thousand dollar car I could ever be in. It's oh, like, really? yeah, it's like super, super <laughs> generic. Oh. And the one thing there was no, um, there was no way to hand lock and unlock the doors. Yeah. So my thought was within, I mean, this was four months after we got in our accident in our Tahoe and totaled it. Right. And the yeah. tree went between the frame and the engine and all the way up to the firewall and ripped all the battery cables off. So oh, there was really? no electronics that worked anymore. So we had to manually unlock the doors to get out, right? Which is normal. Yeah. That's all we could think of when we're driving this Saab is like, if something happened, like if something happened like that, we wouldn't be able to get out of the fucking car. Oh, jeez. Because you wouldn't be able to unlock the fucking door. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, my I can tell you a story about six is, well, usually I get good cars. I get Audis. And then uh, I think they gave me an Arcadia once. And then the time I went down to Miami and decided I'm going to drive down to Key West so that's a three and a half hour long, yeah, a long ass drive, drive. Yep. and it sucks because you're basically it's it's like a country road. Yeah, you know, single lane both sides or each side, and you're just sitting behind people the whole time. So yeah, they, they're like, "Hey, we got you this, you know, Beamer." I'm like, "Okay." So I get to the location where this Beamer's at. I'm like, "Oh, this is a 200 series convertible." I'm like, "You're kidding me!" And my those are tiny, right? And I'm there for like over a week. Because I had a conference and I'm just going to go down to Key West and, you know, hang out in Duval. And also I cannot get my, I had to literally, my suitcase fit in the whole back seat. And I had to push the driver's seat all the way back. And the problem is I couldn't drive with the top down because my head, in order for me to even see anything, I either had to duck or I had to look <laughs> oh, over no. the windshield frame. It was so bad. So I had to make that three and a half hour drive down and drive around all week with that thing. You just had to lean it way back like a gangster. I know. Well, I couldn't get the seat any <laughs> oh, yeah, lower because, because, because of the suitcase. suitcase. And if I sat the suitcase up on the passenger side, it looked like I'd have this box human yeah. sitting next to me. I mean, it was just, it was pretty bad. It was like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Don't that one movie. Don't mind me. I'm just driving down to the Everglades with this boxed human yeah. <laughs> in the passenger seat. It was, all, it was like, yeah, one step up from a smart car. So Yeah, we made that drive. Um in a Chrysler 300, so way, way oh, nicer car. Nicer, but yeah. um, we made that drive, got there, checked into this beautiful. It was an Airbnb, but it was a it was a condo. Yeah, checked in, travertine floors, granite countertops on the beach. Opened the door to the beach. It was it was amazing. Wow. And at, no, at the front desk they go, oh, there's going to be a ma- uh, mandatory evacuation in the morning because of a hurricane or tropical storm coming in. So you guys, the roads get really busy about seven. So you're probably going to want to get up really early and get out of here. Oh, I'm like, man. oh, so we just drove three and a half fucking hours to what? Sleep in this nice room and then get up at five a.m. and drive three and a half hours back. <laughs> that was a fucking mess. And then oh, we went to Bumpy Miami. Oh, really? Miami smells like bumpy. The entire town smells like bum piss. Oh, you just got to go a little further up to Hollywood. Yeah, apparently. Should have. Damn. Live and learn. Yeah. I mean, when I was down on Duval, the Hilton I stayed at was right on Duval Street. And I was like, I, I'm usually set up for a high floor. So they set me up on the 13th floor. And I was like, this place is packed, but there's nobody on this floor. I wonder why. So I go down to the front desk. I'm like, this is weird. You guys are busy, but there's like nobody on my floor. And then uh, this this gal looks at me. She's like, "Well, that's because you know it's a haunted floor." I'm like, "Really? Shut Nobody up. told me that when I got that." So yeah, I have to 
next time it's i think it's the hilton and duval dude i would yeah. totally stay in the haunted floor yeah i mean it was not i stayed in that room yeah and it wasn't like you know no waking up in the middle of the night and you know hearing music no that's so. bullshit i'm gonna get we'll get a bunch of nasty comments about this but haunting's bullshit total yeah. bullshit yeah i'll stay in haunted houses whatever let's go you ever go on those like haunted tours no but we bought my daughter a book of haunted <laughs> wisconsin that has all the different places in wisconsin that are, are supposedly haunted yeah yeah i don't know we'll have to do a separate show on that because i don't right i don't believe in that shit either no, so. i don't buy it sorry what else is new um the uh the fda lost a lawsuit this week yeah lost one but they retain another yeah so the fda told i don't even know who was who was suing them Ooh, my oh. yeah what the heck martin's jamming fancy clothes fancy cars what in the world is going on here i have no idea Freaking Siri. <laughs> okay. All right, we're back. No more my yahi. Um, Siri went AWOL. So somebody was suing the FDA to release the thousand page or multiple thousand page packet that they got from Pfizer to approve the COVID-19 vaccine. Oh, yeah. And the FDA in litigation said. That was a 75 that year. That was a 75 thing, right? year. Yeah. So the yeah. FDA in litigation said that they could release the packet of information that they got from Pfizer in 75 years. I'm not exactly sure what the fuck is going to take 75 years. They actually oh, yeah. have one old lady at the FDA that handwrites everything, and she was going to have to handwrite all thousand pages. <laughs> but uh, the judge said, "Um, you have eight months. So that'll be interesting to see, because if you guys haven't listened to the one of the more recent um, Rogan podcasts, it is... The episode is episode 1756 with John Abramson. And oh, I didn't listen to that one. It, it basically he is one of the medical doctors that went through as a a paid not a witness but a paid professional what do they call that um anyways he went through all consultant yeah i guess basically went through all of the data during the last few big pharma um lawsuits right because Big Pharma loses lawsuits. Nobody, everybody wants to think like Big Pharma is this this special special people that are here to save the world. They're fucking not. Read Gerald Posner's Pharma. Read this guy's book. Um, they actually they took studies for this drug, and I think it was Vioxx, maybe. And they took studies. So let's say there was a thousand people in these studies, and they administered this drug to them, and three people had heart attacks. I believe fatal heart attacks. So what they did is they decided that. They would just exclude that group of data. And so they said, all right, well, clearly the Vioxx doesn't work well in 55 to 60 year old males. So we're going to pull all that data out and it'll go from a thousand per study to a 995 person study or whatever. And then Vioxx has no negative heart implications. And because when a drug is, is given to the FDA to get approval, the pharmaceutical company does all of the initial investigations, does all the initial science, and then they take that science and they review it. And then they issue a review of the science to the FDA. They don't give the actual science to the FDA. So the FDA gets a packet, whatever it is that says out of 995 people, no one had negative heart implications. It doesn't say out of a thousand people, three had negative heart implications. They can 
cherry pick what data they want to oh, give yeah. to the FDA. They just have to give them enough to get it approved. So they have to show that it's viable. They don't necessarily have to show that it's more viable. And this guy has a ton of, I was going to say awesome stories, but realistically, they're awful stories. A ton of awful stories of this happening, the same exact thing. Um, there was a drug that was supposed to be a compar- comparative to a non-steroidal, an, an, an NSAID, right? A non-steroidal um, anti-inflammatory. And it was supposed to be better because their argument was it doesn't cause the gut irritation that an NSAID does. But out of a thousand people, the gut irritation only happens in like three people. And out of a thousand people that took this other drug, there was like drastic, like multiple people died. And so this got pulled. They had to pay, you know, $9 billion or whatever it was, but they made 15 billion. So it's really, it's a, it's a game of, of profit. Like, can you still make a billion dollars if you make 12 billion, uh, it takes you 3 billion to make it and you have to pay 9 billion. Well, I mean, guess those are zeros, right? That zeros out, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a pretty fucked up game. And that book by Gerald Posner, uh, pharma really digs into it. And I think this guy's book does too, but he didn't have a lot of the answers when Joe was asking him, yeah. which I got frantic. I'm, I'm on Instagram, like trying to send Joe this book, but clearly Joe Rogan has a million followers and gets 20,000 direct messages a day. Oh, yeah. So he doesn't see mine. So I'm like sending it to people that I know, know Joe. And so I'm like, Joe has questions. This book will answer it. Who knows if he ever fucking got it, oh. but it's wild, man. Yeah. <clears throat> no, it's, it always puzzles me how they can't get, that many, you know, X amount of thousand pages through, it takes them 75 years. But yet when the, you know, they're pushing legislation through thousands, thousands of pages, it's like immediate. And nobody reads it. Yeah. Nobody reads. It. I mean, that's so that's goal. the weirdest fucking thing is, I mean, I, and I get it. I can't like, I can't fault a congressman that has to vote on 10. Let's say they have to vote on 10 bills a day. Right. Yeah. And 10 of each of those bills has a thousand pages. 10,000 pages, they've got to cover 10,000 pages a day. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. But you know what a bulk of that is. It's fluff so that they don't read it. Some of it's fluff, but a lot of it is a legislation that they want to pass that they've had sitting there that they shuffle in. Oh, they put in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they just try to sneak it in with the bill. Yep. So. A little fat they add on the backside. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it's funding. So today, man, with all the shit going on with COVID. I know we try to avoid talking about COVID, but we're in the time of year right now. We're not going to talk about COVID today. We're going to talk about all general illness. Yes, exactly. We'll pull the COVID out of it. Yes. And the focus is, you know, how, how you can prepare your body to just like you prepare, like a soldier prepares for war, right? Make sure you got your body armor on. Make sure you're, you know, you're armed and you understand what you need and how much you need. And that's preparing yourself for battle. And, you know, this could spin off series where, you know, how do you prepare your mind to to battle some of the shit that's out there now? Yeah. So, yeah, we're in a uh, we're in cold and flu and COVID and whatever else you want to throw in our season. Um, you know, let's look at the stats as to, you know, based on that CDC. So I'm not pulling anything out of my ass. Um, you know, here's the uh, the top fatality uh, items is heart disease, almost 700,000. Per year, cancer takes about 600,000. Accidents, unintentional injuries, uh, almost 201,000. Stroke, 160,000. Chronic lower respiratory diseases, 152, almost 153,000. Alzheimer's, 
134,000, diabetes, 102,000, influenza and pneumonia, 53,500, nephritis, nephrotic syndrome, and is necrosis. That you, is that where you fuck dead people? I don't, I don't think that's think it, right? So. Ne- ne- <laughs> no. Necro- necrophilia. No, that's necrophilia. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I was reading that. I'm like, wait, how do you die from that? The other person's dead. Nope, wrong one. When you said that, I was wrong like, word. how the hell do you die from wrong that? Wrong word. <laughs> Death is contagious. My bad. My bad. Sorry. Yeah. Pull it back. And, right. Pull uh, the reins in. <laughs> and what we found this week is the, we talked about it last time, CDC doesn't include COVID as they didn't include as an annual number. Now they have. So they brought it to 350,831. And then with the admission and the whole dumpster fire with the CDC this week, um, they're saying, well, 78% of everybody has, you know, they had four comorbidities and they happen to have COVID. And then uh, you drill it down to some of the medical professionals and scientists are saying, well, technically it's 94.9% of them have one to three comorbidities and then you add on the ones with four comorbidities. So bottom line is roughly about a little over 5% is truly death from COVID, which is- To be safe or fair in that argument, realistically like 60% of our population has one comorbidity because they're all obese. Yeah. And you or I would be medically considered obese. Yeah, true. Right. So like that's a weird there's a a weird balance. There's a weird balancing point in there between those numbers. I just want to point out that. All right. If we add up 700,000 from heart disease, 600,000 from cancer and 160,000 from stroke. So that would be seven and six to be 13, 1460. Right. So one million four hundred and sixty thousand deaths. Those are Every year. those are what we refer to as first world diseases or preventable. Yes. Easily preventable. So if you want to get really deep into it, start you you, you gotta go to places where they do not have the access to the types of things that we have access to, whether it be food, cars, television, all the type of stuff that we have that can cause you to be fat and lazy, right? Yeah. Okay. So when they study tribes that it doesn't matter if they are tribes that are living in sub-Saharan Africa and Mm -hmm. consuming mostly um, lean meats or tribes that are living in the jungle that are consuming mostly high carbohydrates or tribes that are Inuits that basically live off whale blubber, which is basically all fat. Yeah. None of these diseases are seen in those tribes until they are introduced to the Western diet and the Western way of life. Yeah. And from what we've seen, because this is one of the one of the most interesting things for scientists to study because they have a population of people that do not have something and then learn about something, right? So they'll go in and they'll do all of these studies and they'll get all of these people's blood pressure and heart rate and nutrient panels and blood panels and they get all of this stuff and then they'll go back year after year after year and what they're seeing is once a population completely healthy like the maasai are introduced to a western diet and a western way of life within a few generations all of these things start to show up pre-diabetes type 2 diabetes cancers 
heart problems, all of this stuff starts to show up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's crazy because I mean, experience I've seen over the years is, uh, you know, places I've been to in South America where there's these like, you know, if you want to call them tribes or, you know, kind of remote towns, um, they had these natural diets and people would think they'd be like, wow, this is kind of unhealthy, you know, wild chickens and, you know, things running around and they're just gathering crap and they have dirt floors and nothing that we have. They're just, you would think they'd have bad hygiene, but their teeth are like. I was just going to say, do you notice their teeth? Amazingly white. Yes. And healthy. Yes. And um, the few years later, they're introduced to, you know, uh, unfortunately, it's true. The brand is Coca-Cola. And Coke is like almost like cocaine down there. And uh, once they introduced that and they started introducing into these little grocery stores, like processed food, stuff out of packages and mac and cheese and all that garbage. All of a sudden you saw heart disease show up. You saw, you know, cancer show up. You saw strokes and all these other issues. It's like, man, you know, you started seeing obesity. And uh, and I, I put this on my Instagram this week as just as a quick story. It was basically just screenshots from um, some of my writing that I've done this week because I'm back. Working, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. back working mm-hmm. on the book. And one of my favorite, my absolute favorite ways to explain the difference between natural whole foods and processed foods is the burning of wood and the burning of cardboard because they are the same thing. They are basically cardboard is made from wood pulp that is processed into tiny, fine little pieces and then basically pressed back together with its own natural glues. And then those papers are then pressed together and crinkled with an inner layer that makes like a corrugated cardboard. So cardboard is basically wood that's processed and added with a few chemicals. Which chemicals is, is right. Which is basically what food, what processed food is, right? Yeah. Because you still have to get the food. The food has to come from something, right? So if you're making um, chips or ho-hos or, you know, buns or cakes or whatever, those are whole foods that are processed to a specific level to where you can make whatever you want to make with them. Correct. You add in some chemicals and you bring it back up. So if you guys have ever burned firewood versus burning cardboard, you burn the cardboard, it lights on fire and it burns extremely hot, like almost like molten fucking lava hot. And then it burns out. And then you put another piece on it, burns molten lava hot and then burns out. Whereas if you sit there and you try to light just a piece of firewood, it takes a while to light and it burns for a long time and it burns at a steady rate of heat. And that burning is the chemical reaction that releases the energy from the product. So that releases the energy from the wood or it releases the energy from the cardboard. Now that's the same as food. Calories are simply a measurement of units of energy that are in food. So if we eat 160 calories of a potato, just a regular white potato that's, let's say, baked or cooked in a microwave or whatever, 160 calories of potato, that potato has got to go in your system. Your body has to slowly process through the fiber to get to the carbohydrate, which is then processed as glucose and fructose. And then that energy is slowly burned because it's not just instantly hitting your system, right? So your body releases a little bit of insulin to process it, and it could maintain you for a long period of time with a steady level of energy versus if you eat 160 calories of, let's say, Gatorade, right? Yeah. Or sugar juice even like let's let's even talk about fruit juice right there's no fiber the glucose and fructose is instantly hits your system instead of having that 
four hours worth of energy hit your system over four hours, that four hours of energy hits your system in 20 minutes. Your body has to process all of that carbohydrates and it spikes your insulin. Insulin is a hunger hormone. Insulin is a fat storage hormone. Your body is extremely intelligent. So it doesn't just take that extra energy and go, oh yeah, let's use it all everywhere. It says, we're going to use what we need and we're going to store the rest. Well, your body stores energy as fat because fat is the most efficient way to store energy. If it was, if, if an efficient way to store energy was sugar, your body would save energy as sugar, but it's not. After you get your glucose stores full in your muscles, it saves it as fat. And that is my best way. So what's happening in these populations is these people's bodies are completely used to a natural whole food. They're eating generation after generation after generation. Natural selection is taking place. The healthier people that can process these whole foods better are reproducing more. They're making more kids and they're making more kids. So this is a, this is a population that has been completely picked to process these foods and then they're giving processed foods and we are we went for hundreds of thousands of years without having ample food stores right so when, when we came across anything that was very dense in calories we would consume a shitload of it our body would store it and then it would use it throughout time that's why we have the ability to store energy as fat okay so their bodies want all of that. And then they get it and they get the dopamine hit and the epinephrine hit and the serotonin hit from all these processed foods. And then they want more and then more and more and more. And then all of a sudden they have metabolic disorder and metabolic disorder comes out in a lot of different ways. And part of it is type two, type two diabetes. It's storage of a ton of fat. It's damage to the endothelial linings in the cells and in the blood vessels. It's all of these things that then cause all of these things that we're reading on the CDC facts. Yeah. yeah. I get off my soapbox. Sorry. I had to get that out there. <laughs> but it's the scientific, you know, the science. Yes. Behind what we're seeing. Yes. And yeah, I mean, I, I swear there's got to be some documentaries out there about that. Oh, there's that a maybe ton of them. go into, you know, them. some of these villages and yep. show what oh, happens. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of them. Because, yeah, I mean, if I would have had video back then in the day and be able to compare them and just show you guys, it's just... It's phenomenal what that does. And even that's how I started uh, the business with the lotion because it's not always just about what you dump in your body. It's also what you put on because your body absorbs what you put on your skin. So, and it's getting tougher and tougher. So the product that I make is A3, which is advertised in the beginning of the thing. And the thing with A3 is that the ingredients that I put in, it's very minimal. It's basically three ingredients, but all of it, my requirement is that it has to be cold pressed. And the difference between cold pressed and what you're seeing a lot of, you know, other products that are created like that out there is, you know, let's say you have a coconut or something, you're trying to express oil. Probably not a coconut, but I'd say like it's an almond, right? Yep. So in order for you to efficiently get the most out of an almond, they're using hexane, which is extremely toxic and it gets into that ingredient when they're expelling it. But it squeezes all the oils out of it versus if you're cold pressing, you're going to waste some, but it's pure. It's a pure, you're basically putting pressure on it and time and liquid and just, uh, you know, create, you know, getting the oils out of it. So everything that I have in that product has to be ex- cold expeller pressed so that it's truly natural and your body isn't taking in any toxins. And that's a difference. I mean, I can say is like when I'm in Hong Kong and my mom, has very limited choice of what she gets to buy. 
you know, the shampoo that they get is shitty. I mean, it's literally it's propylene glycol, which is, you know, an antifreeze and then uh, sodium lauryl sulfate, which is a degreaser, basically. And that's it. But it's cheap, right? Yeah. That's how they make it cheap. And but that's all they have. So as a result, I mean, you don't have all these, you know, old Asians over there to have luxurious hair. A lot of them, their hair is falling out, you know, and that's, you know, with my mom, it's kind of the same, same way. It's your hair is thinning out quite a bit. Um, but that's, you know, what happens when you process food. Which I would bet if you went into a lot of the villages where they still use a lot of the old methods and what natural Make soaps. Old and, soaps, yeah. Yeah, I bet it's a totally different um, level of health. Yeah, those South Americans, I mean, have beautiful, thick, glorious hair and yeah. not, you know, graying like crazy. It's just like, how do you... How do you get around that here? I don't know. Well, we're lucky here that because we are capitalist society, we have the ability to spend a little bit more and get a better product and not only have one choice. But most people don't read. It's kind of weird. We have all these choices here, but a lot of people won't do the research. Well, like if you're worrying about your shampoo and you're still filling your body full of fucking stupid food, like it's kind of like polishing a turd, right? (laughs) Like (laughs) I love, I love these girls and guys who have thousand dollar outfits and hair and nails and tan and they look like miss piggy and it's like you are legitimately just trying to fluff up your own internal ego because you are so insecure with how you look because of your body type that then change the body right no but it's i mean i guess it's like taking a piece of shit honda civic and putting some rims on it it might make it look a little bit more appealing <laughs> but the better body, than just, body better than just a piece right? of shit honda civic yeah, I mean, it's just funny. It goes back to social media, you know. That's where you get just the headshots. Yeah. You get the headshots, the the new fingernail shots of what, when they go visit the... All those the, stupid dagger nails. I just see those, and I'm like, how do you do anything? How do you wipe your ass? I know. I'd like to, like, interview somebody sometime that, like, has those. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. How do you wipe your ass? Yeah, good question. Maybe they don't. Maybe they got a bidet. That's what happens when you go in public. Oh, you just don't poop in public. Oh, you only yeah. poop at home. It's Damn. only only home field advantage. Damn. So yeah, so we so we're getting a little bit about diet there. So we wanted today to talk a little bit about our diet and supplements. I mean, obviously you're in your late thirties. Late thirties. Thirty eight next week, next month. Ooh, yeah. Mid late forty. And I'm around the corner for fifty. So, you know, our, our diet and supplementation you know, schedule is a lot different. Um, and I just listed out, and I mean, what I'm using right now, based on the time of year right now, it's high flu season. So you got to protect your body, just like we talked about, you know, preparing for war. So ready for the rundown? Yeah, let's go. Let's hear your fucking menu. Here's my menu of stuff for a, you know, old 50-year-old guy. So it has nothing to do with, you know, bodybuilding.com. So I don't have a, I don't use creatine. I used to when I was younger. Um, it starts out with, uh, I use branched chain amino acids twice a day. Take it in the morning, take it at night. Uh, I got 20 billion a CFU a probiotic, take it in the morning. And if I happen to eat really shitty that day, then at night I'll take another 10 billion. Um, D3, take 10,000 IUs. If I feel like something's attacking my body, and your body will let you know. I mean, you'll start feeling it, right? Sinuses go haywire. You know, and your body's trying to get rid of something. If you're in tune, you'll know. And I'll take probably 20,000 IU that day. And if I get underwater, then I'll take 30,000. But that's been pretty rare. 
Uh, I take marine collagen in the morning. I also take bovine collagen, hydrosylate. The Great Lakes brand is pretty good. Um, I take EGCG, which is a um, form of a green tea extract, 400 milligrams. Is your collagen a powder or a pill? Uh, I take the marine collagen's pills, okay. which are like five horse pills. Yeah. And uh, the bovine is the powder. Gotcha. And uh, and you know the Great Lakes hydrosylate? I, I don't, but I, I use bovine collagen, but just as I just put it in my protein shake. Yeah. And that's what so. I do. Yeah. It's tasteless. Um so with the EGCG, that's it's really good for cellular repair. Um, it's also one of the forgot the dude that has uh, talk about the COVID treatment, preventative treatment. McCullough? No, it's the Russian dude. Oh, I don't know. Pavel Vlad- Tatsulin with the with yeah. the Vladimir is the first name. Oh well, of course it is. Last name is probably something with Zenko or yeah, Jenko yeah, or yeah. Yenko, but just it's Vlad. Yeah, we'll just call him Vlad. And then uh, I take quercetin, 500 milligrams twice a day. Um, yeah, a pill in the morning, pill at night. Uh, ginseng complex because I'm fucking Asian. Um, for immune and balance, take that in the morning. Uh, fenugreek, I take 1,400 milligrams because I'm an old dude and I got to keep. Jesus Louise. I got to stay young, bro. And uh, olive leaf, which is something to learn in the Middle East, is, is an awesome uh, immune system booster. Uh, also good for your heart. 750 milligrams. If I feel like my body's, you know, struggling, then I'll double it up on a day. And the next one is something that, you know, um, you got me thinking and researching on is and I've been taking for a little over a week now, 50 milligrams of DHEA. And it really feels like it's balanced out because I can, my performance in the gym is much improved. And um, DHEA is one thing um, I will tell you guys directly is reflected in your blood levels. Not everything works like that. Like there's a lot of stuff you take it and it doesn't really change your blood levels that much. DHEA, my DHEA level two blood tests ago was 120, which is in their level of okay. Yeah. It is not optimal. I have a full list of what optimal levels are versus what okay levels are. Optimal levels for my age are about 350 to 500. I was taking 50 milligrams a day and legitimately my next blood test, which was actually because they fucked up, was only two weeks later. um, My levels were 460. So yeah, directly, directly altered my levels. Yeah. And I should get a second blood test just to see, you know, see where I'm at. That's the best part about doing about having a, a baseline is you can see what is affecting positive, what is affecting negative. Yeah. You can see all that shit. But performance-wise, I mean, it's been really good. I feel good energy-wise as well. Body feels real great. Um, so the next one I take is a FODI, F-O-T-I, not, not a FODI from You're a gas station. Uh, 516 milligrams. It's it's to help you age. My Atlanta. This list, is, are we getting close to the bottom of this list? Oh, we're getting close to the, the morning. This oh, is this is this just is the, the morning. The morning, and considering Holy some of the Holy shit. So I have a little cooler that yeah. Basically, I run through this by about ten o'clock. So next one is a it's an ashwagandha blend. Got turmeric in there, rhodium, uh, ginger roots. It's for energy in my immune system, and getting old, cellular uh, repair. Uh, for skin wise, biotin because you know as you get older you get dry. And instead of being dry and crusty, uh, I'm trying to help my uh, body. You want to get ashy? Not ashy. <laughs> the Bilber's <laughs> ashy. Uh, that's 5,000 uh, MCGs. And next one I take is a Candida Complex. 
because uh, it's got oregano. Oregano oil is something I use uh, also when, you know, if I'm not feeling the greatest. Um, Big antibacterial, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Protease, aloe vera leaf is in there, wormwood, reishi mushroom. I know that sounds almost like a whatever. You know, uh, worm, wormwood is one of the things that was in uh, absinthe, which was the reason they wouldn't allow it to be sold in the United States. Oh, really? Wormwood is one of those items. Yeah. Oh, wow. Did not know that. Yeah. Um, I wash it all down with a lemon ginger echinacea juice and a tart cherry juice because the tart cherry juice helps clear out your uh, arteries. And then uh, I make a homemade elderberry syrup for immune system. So I take two tablespoons and uh, the, my little guy takes out one. So. Wow. Well, I'm definitely not going to kill up that much time with my... <laughs> With my regular routine, I am a, I'm a less is more when I look at supplements. I do try to take a good amount, but I try to get as much out of my food as I can. And then I use supplements sort of as boosters when something is is low. That's, um, that's my morning list. Yeah. Gotta, so I'll give it my evening. You so give I, your morning. So I get up in the morning and I do a beetroot powder with five grams of creatine l-arginine and yahambine and that's all that's all for the gym basically it's not i do it because the arginine and the yahambine and all that does is uh works Open along with the, blood vessels works along with the pre-workout and, and increases basically your body's ability to get energy to the muscles when you need it um so that's all i do before the gym and then <laughs> i take a zmk and uh, fish oil at night. Well, and that's the extent of my supplementation. <laughs> now I do, um, I do intermittently do um, DHEA. I intermittently do a lot of other things depending on where I'm at. If I feel like I am getting, like you said, a little stuffy or or I'm a little I'm a little laxed, I will do vitamin D, vitamin uh, C. I will do K2, um, some other things for the immune system, but I don't just do those daily. I try to get as much of that as I can from my diet. Now it's winter now, so I should start working D3 back in every day because we, you know, your body makes D3 from the sun. We're in Wisconsin in the winter. We're not getting much sun and our body is not really creating much DHE or <laughs> much D3. So I, I do need to get that back in on a daily basis, but yeah, that's pretty much my supplements. Damn. Well, let me roll with my evening one then. All right, let's see. Then I'll give you my in-between. And the thing is, is I everything on there I know, um, most everything that you said I know and I, and I have read good science about. I just don't – it comes to a point of diminishing returns where I have to cut it off and be like, all right, I, I don't need 60 different things to take. If I feel like I need something, if I feel like I'm lacking, if I feel like I'm, you know, joints start hurting or I feel weak or I feel tired or I feel different things, then I'll work other things in. But yeah, well, my list was a lot shorter back in my early, in the late 30s. Yeah. Um, but like I said, this, you know, this is when you get this old and, you know, for those of you that know me, I'm still active and hopefully pulling as much weight as, uh, you know, when I was when I was in late 30s and 40 year old. So my evening, uh, I take my fish oil. You know, that's general, 1,200 milligrams. I do take zinc at 50 milligrams on top of the ZMA that I'm taking okay. with theanine. 
Um, I take L-glutamine because it's good for immune system and repair, 1,000 milligrams. I take a, a teresis tribulus or tribulus teresis. I take a blend, so that's about 700 milligrams of, of tribulus. And that, you know, when you're this old, you're obviously you're worried about your test and trying to keep everything level. One of the biggest things with tribulus is it reduces the amount of testosterone that is turned into estrogen when you're eating a carbohydrate diet. Yep. If you are on a low carb diet or on carnivore or anything like that, don't take tribulus. It's a waste of money. Just, just so you guys know when you're out there that's listening to yeah. this, if you do low carb, tribulus will do nothing for you. Yep. And for those that uh, want to increase your test, guess what? Tribulus will never increase your test. You're just regulating your test with it. So um, I, I take a long jack, which is, you know, got horny goat weed in it. Thousand, you know, slash a hundred. Um, that's now is when I take my vitamin C, thousand milligram. When I'll tell you my during the day, what I take. I also take hyaluronic acid at two hundred milligrams uh, for aging, and uh, for immune system, again, I take super lysine by Quantum Health. I've always taken that. It's got garlic in there, lysine, echinacea, and propolis. Because a lot of times, if I get a high fever or I get some kind of illness hits me. A lot of times I'll, I won't get any symptoms, but all of a sudden I'll get a cold sore and they'll tell me that my body fought off something. Or if I actually do get sick, I'll end up getting a big cold sore at the end. I don't know what, if it's just like the, hey, it, sign it, off. So what, what it is, is um, so the virus that causes cold sores is always in there, right? You never get rid of that. You always have that. It's herpes, but it's herpes simplex too. Um this is triggered by it's triggered by stress. So what happens is, is that virus is always sitting inside the fat lining in the cell and it's always sitting there waiting. Basically, it's it, but it, but your immune system is always fighting it off. And then when something stresses you out, either mentally, emotionally or physically like an illness, it it has a chance to take over and it takes over and it causes a cold sore. And that's why it can be caused by physical stress, like fighting off an illness or it yeah. can be caused by mental stress. Yep. No, I definitely agree. Most time for me, it's physical uh, stress where I'm around people that have been ill or something. And then boom, I'm like, okay, I didn't catch it, but yep. okay. Body actually did kind of yep. kick it out. So yeah, in between during the day, and this helps, I mean, for me to be remote helps me pace out all these supplements. So uh, I, I use Element for hydration. You know, it's basically a salty drink. Yep. Um, I'll mix that this time of year. I'll mix that with uh, Ester C or NRC which is uh, they don't use a uh, um, sugar and basically it's like a thousand milligrams of vitamin C has some zinc in there. And I just make that in one drink. I'll eat uh, every morning. It's a five to six eggs and I'll have organic eggs because I like the big honking, you know, vitamin filled yolks. Yeah. When you, when you pop open a yellow, yellow yolk and you're like, Oh, that's kind of, and then you get like big dark orange, oh, like yeah. sunshine yolk. You're like, Oh, that's clearly has a ton more nutrition in it. Like look at the two next to each other. Yeah. I don't know where Phil's is from, but I, I buy the, either the Phil's extra large organic eggs or the Yoder's um, brown eggs from yeah. Iowa. And I'll mix that with some Pico power greens, you know, um, olive oil and guac and then, you know, slap some Chalua on there and that's that's my morning protein. Or if I'm in a rush, I'll take almond milk, uh, coffee. Calafia makes, you know, good uh, good almond milk stuff. I'll mix it with accent protein or like we talked about, you know, raw whey protein. Mm -hmm. Just so I don't have too many uh, fillers and shit. Yeah, in I, eat a, I eat a pretty good amount of whey. I guess I didn't add that in my supplements because it wasn't necessary. It's, it's a food replacement food, is what yeah. it is, is, is not necessarily a supplement. But I eat a pretty good amount of whey because I'm at... 
you know, 220 pounds, I got to get about 220 grams of protein. Try to get that in all food. Would you'd fucking That'd be tough. Yeah. So sick of eating by the end of the day. Yep. So in between the day, I mean, it's easy for me to just throw a shake together. Yep. Um, I have a green juice blend that I take every day. How is that one? Does it taste good? I haven't I, found I think one. It tastes that, good. I haven't found one that I enjoy the taste of. It's kind of like, like to it's get one of like those some get, alcohol. Yeah. You get, I'd like to get one of those that that adds a little bit more vitamins to, or uh, vegetables, right, to my yeah. diet because I'm not with doing multiple shakes a day. I'm not necessarily eating food along with that shake, and it would be nice to be able to get some vitamins out of vegetable juice, like natural yeah. vegetable blend. I know I get advertised this shit for Athletic Greens three, four times a day, yeah, but it's just shit. expensive. Yeah. I mean, I go to Trader Joe's and they have a really good green juice blend and I'll buy like three, four bottles of it. And the same thing with the lemon, I can ginger juice. I'll just buy three or four bottles and it takes me, you know, two, three weeks to cut through some of that. Um, yeah. The other stuff I take is every day I have a, a can of the Hum Zero, uh, the zero sugar kombucha. Just, uh, you know, everything starts at the gut, gut health. And I always make sure, yeah, that my body's digesting well. I'm shitting well. And, you know, if you're shitting okay, that means your insides are okay. Yeah. For anybody that doubts how important gut health is, look into some of the science between just transitioning um, a healthy mouse poop to a sickly mouse and then putting a sickly mouse poop into the gut of a healthy mouse. And it completely uh, screws the healthy mouse ruins a ton of his health markers and it improves a lot of the health markers of a sickly mouse just by just by Making transplanting their their digestive system basically because it's taking all that bacteria and it's giving it a chance to then um, take over the digestive system of the sickly mouse Ooh, never heard of the mouse poop thing you never heard any of it uh, they're doing it in humans now too a lot of people that have digestive problems they're doing um Basically, it's a shit pill. Basically, I mean, it's not really shit, but they take suppository they take or something. Yeah, no, no, no. You you take it. You're eating somebody else's shit. Yes, <sighs> yes. You are you are taking the healthy <sighs> gut bacteria from a healthy person, and you are taking it in a pill form with a with a lining that takes so many hours to break down, right? So that it's does so that it breaks down in the digestive system, not in the stomach. And then that's breaking down inside the digestive system and it's transplanting healthy bacteria into the digestive system of sickly people. And it's making big improvements. Oh, I don't know. It just it doesn't sound right, but anyway, it works. Ooh. The last one I got is because I'm Asian. I drink a lot of tea. What kind of tea? What's your favorite tea? Uh, I like the, you know, the fruity mango yeah. kind of, you know. I'm a big fan of like the passion, like passion, passion flower fruit. tea blends. Yeah. I like, I like some good hot tea because I'm trying to not drink as much caffeine as I do. And it's nice to have like a warm tea in the afternoon versus yeah. versus a fucking cup of coffee. Yeah. Right? They make uh David's tea makes a lot of really good uh, holders and, you know, whatever you call them, little thermoses that allows you to put, you know, some tea in the basket and just, you know, carry that around and suck that all day. Yeah, it's just a healthy it's part of a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And like mint, said, I, I like some mint tea too. Mint tea? Mint tea. Oh really? Mint tea's delicious. Yeah, I guess some of that's not too bad on the tea side. Yeah. I'm just not a huge huge mint fan. No. No. Mint's good for the digestive system. You let a, you got a sick baby, let him suck on a on a peppermint stick. A peppermint stick? Yep. Clean it right up. Oh, okay. Yeah, not me, man. So so that knocks out the uh supplements and, and kind of the diet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, um, 
go back and listen to that. My five minute rant about processed food versus whole foods. But like I try to get as much as I can from real food. Right. Yeah. Bananas, apples, oranges, uh, carrots, any vegetable I can get my hands on. Berries are great because berries have a ton of nutrition in them and not a ton of sugar versus a banana has yeah. a good amount of sugar. Now, I still have a certain calorie count I have to hit in a day. So bananas are fine. Yeah. Um, but meats the better the better the meat source the more vitamin it has in it right if you're in if you're eating a a wild caught fish or a wild killed game versus a farmed chicken breast it's going to have a ton more nutrients in it and you just got to understand that there's certain macro levels that you need to hit as far as a certain amount of carbohydrates, a certain amount of fats and a certain amount of proteins. But then there's a million different micronutrients. And there's some that we've never even heard of that are in foods that we don't even know. Yeah. And you have to eat the whole foods to get those. So what are your thoughts on the, um, well, here's two questions. Talk about, uh, being a vegan, getting enough protein sources, if you were a vegan trying to supply the amount of protein that you need, would that be possible? Me personally, the amount of protein I need, it would take a lot of fucking work. Not saying you couldn't do it, um, but it would take a, a whole lot of work because a lot of vegans you will see because they go from a shitty diet to a vegan diet if they're going to a healthy vegan diet because there's also vegan Cheetos, right? Um, so let's say they're going from a crappy American diet to a healthy version of a vegan diet. They're like, I feel amazing. But there's no saying that they wouldn't have felt amazing going to just a whole foods diet with meat and eggs, right? So we're going to go ahead and say that you could get the same from both. But then a year or two later, when a lot of the micronutrient deficiencies start to show up, um, that's when you'll see a vegan that has sunken eyes and light skin and low energy levels. And that's not saying it's impossible. There's a ton of vegans that know exactly what they're doing and they have figured it out. They've figured out that they need specific green juices and specific fruit juices and all this other stuff, spirulina and all these algaes and all this stuff to get all the nutrients that they would normally need to get from meat and they can get it and they live a perfectly healthy life. Um, but you got to be extremely calculated. Extremely calculated, and that's where the that's where the harm that's where the harm comes in. Yeah, we have we have canine teeth, right? Like I'm touching my canine teeth right now. We have yeah. sharp front teeth, and then we have grinding back teeth. We evolved to be omnivores. Yeah, we didn't evolve to be carnivores. We didn't evolve to be herbivores. We evolved to be omnivores. Yeah. What about uh red meat? Red meat from all the studies that I have read, if you guys want, you can go to Gary Taubes. Um, He covers a lot of this, I think. No, wrong book. Gary Taubes is why we get fat. The book is The Cholesterol Myth. That's what it is. So The Cholesterol Myth covers a lot of the science behind the damage of red meat. All of the studies that I have read that show any sort of damage from red meat does not take out processed meats. Processed meats would be summer sausage, beef sticks, hot dogs, bacon, all the shit. Venison sausage? Venison sausage has, I mean, yeah, it has nitrates and nitrites in it. And that's that's what the speculation is that causes the damage from red meat. So if you took those out from the way the science looks, and science is, the best thing about science is, is it's always waiting to be confirmed or 
um, countered, right? But from the science that we have currently, red meat by itself, natural red meats, have no negative health benefits or have no, no negative health implications. Oh, that's good. It is processed meats that have negative health implications. But like anything, within reason, within balance is fine. Yeah. Um, and it is more than likely the nitrites and the nitrates. Now, there is some speculation in the nutrition industry that high iron levels because women bleed every month, right? Men don't. So if you eat a ton of red meat, you build up high iron levels. Um, there's some speculation that that has negative health implications on men that we don't see in women. Um, but you can give blood once a year, twice a year, and it'll balance your iron levels out fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think we take probably red meat in three, four days a week. Yeah. And then, you know, fish a couple days a week and then chicken and turkey, the balance. So it's just anybody that wants to, um, anybody that wants to argue the red meat stuff. Um, I have blood work to show it. I will eat keto, which is a ton of red meat because you have to get fats, right? Chicken doesn't have much fat in it. And the fat that's in chicken is really shitty, shitty fat. Yeah. Um, the fat that's in beef, especially grass fed, um, even grain finished, but grass fed beef, the fats are a much healthier fat profile, healthy fats versus bad fats. Yeah. I have blood work that shows cholesterol levels that are in the 911 level, right? If you look at total cholesterol. Oh, really? Yeah. But then you look at my LDL to HDL ratio and you look at my triglycerides which are a much higher indicator for any sort of damage. And my LDL to HDL ratios are fucking gorgeous. A doctor would look at them and hug me. And my triglyceride levels are at the floor because it was I was not eating processed carbs. Um, so I have blood work to show that while my total cholesterol is high, cholesterol is good Yeah, when it's good cholesterol. It's bad when it's bad cholesterol. And my levels of good cholesterol were astonishing. And my level of bad cholesterol was great. They were fucking super low. Well, and I was eating a ton of red meat, but it was healthy red meat. It wasn't processed meats. And I wasn't eating processed carbohydrates because it seems as though from what I read, processed carbohydrates will raise, raise triglyceride levels way higher than any sort of meats. Yeah. And here's, here's the other one, bacon. Oh, so bacon has an abundance of salt in it right like any processed meat yeah. and it has nitrates and nitrites now you can get nitrite so nitrate uncured. and nitrite free yeah bacon so that's a positive that's going to be better for you that's what we get than yeah. regular bacon um but bacon is like anything else i mean look for the balance grasshopper you know the yin and the yang yeah and Bacon once in a while isn't going to fucking hurt you. Now, if you're eating a pound of bacon a day, yes, that's awful for you. <laughs> yeah. Awful. Yeah. No, we use it to flavor a lot of stuff. So, you know, all that pork fat is good. Yeah. Especially when we're, you know, eating, we eat a lot of tenderloin. So, you got to mix a little bit of fat in there. Otherwise. Yeah. That's why we go to the ribeye. My kids love tenderloin. I love tenderloin. My wife loves ribeye. Oh, yeah. She's a ribeye nut. Bone in ribeye. Bone in, bone out. Doesn't matter. Oh, Just you got to have that marbling, right? Yeah. But no, I mean, um, that's the thing is like pork fat, it might even be beneficial if you were to get um, pork fat that's just pork fat, right? Just yeah. lard, just natural lard versus bacon grease. Yeah. 
And they sell it right with the bacon side. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that kind of covers diet there. Um, talk about exercise. So, what about the myth about cardio for fat loss? So this is this is where I will um, contradict a lot of the current mentality about um, this is gonna this is gonna be diet also, but weight loss slash fat loss is a very simple calculation. It is eating less energy than your body is using. Okay, so doesn't. You could eat one one pack of Ho-Hos a day and burn a thousand calories more than whatever that pack of Ho-Hos is and you are going to lose weight because you are taking in less calories than you are expending. Simple. Now, to go a little bit further than that, which is where I think a lot of the people that, that parrot the information that I just said miss out, is there is a lot of psychological benefits that come from specific types of eating that are just kind of poo-pooed to the side. Like with a, with a keto diet, um, you don't have the spikes in insulin that you would get from a high carbohydrate diet. So you don't get hungry as often. So while you are losing weight because you're simply eating less calories, because if you're on keto and you're eating more calories than you are expending, you're going to gain weight. doesn't matter. There is some, some, psychological benefits. So as far as cardio goes, yes, you can do cardio and burn more calories than what you are eating, but a decent half hour cardio session is like 250 calories. Right. So that would be 14 days of not eating any more food, doing a 30 minute cardio session to lose a pound. Right. So if you want to see results, you're not going to be doing this program where you're calorie counting because I see a lot of people that do calorie count and then all of a sudden they're at, you know, Krispy Kremes sucking a donut down and saying, oh, okay, my counter, well, if I do X amount of cardio, I'm going to burn that off because there is a... I mean, if you look at like a 500, cal- like let's say a 500 calorie donut, which is probably a small Krispy Kreme, I would guess, like go on a fucking machine and try to burn 500 calories. You are going to be so bored out of your mind before you get to burn 500 calories. Yeah, cardio sure you're is going to be smoked because you're not going to have you're going to have that quick burn energy. Cardio, it's in the word, right? Cardio is for heart health. You do cardio so that your cardiovascular system can apply or supply your skeletal system, your muscles and your bones and your tendons and your organs with enough blood flow to give it enough energy to work. Yeah. So if you only lift weights, you never do any cardio, and you don't strengthen your cardio system, it's pretty likely that you're going to be tough, but you're not going to be able to maintain any sort of elevated level for very long. Yeah. Because there's a there's a thing to be argued about quality of food. Obviously, if you're sucking down a donut, there's going to be a lot of long-term negative effects from that. How it affects your body, obviously insulin spiking. And whatnot. So, and there's also carb timing, right? Not to get too into the woods, but like if you were to eat that donut right after a hard workout, 
your glycogen stores are empty, you're not going to get big insulin spikes because it, that your body needs that glycogen. So it's going to give you enough insulin to put that the that gly- glycogen into your muscle stores, and then it's going to be normal. Versus eating it right before bed when you're you know you've already eaten dinner. That's the weirdest thing about dessert. I've always thought of that. Like dessert comes after dinner before bed. So wait, so my body's completely full of calories, and then I'm going to put a big sugary <laughs> end on it. That well, makes zero yeah, sense. Like I've why. also, I've told my kids like, well, did you eat healthy today? And they'll tell me like, yeah, they ate healthy. I'm like, well, maybe just, if you're going to have that dessert, maybe just don't have dinner. Like how fuck that's ass backwards from how we were raised, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. But that's why so many people are obese. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you got to think about the quality of what you're putting in your system, but then, you know, you can't just think that you're going to do cardio and this is just going to be a game of numbers because the older you get, it's going to catch up with you. And bottom line, I mean, we diet also to be healthy. We exercise to be healthy, but you also want to look, you know, halfway normal, right? Yeah. Because some of the shit that I see now is. Well, it's like that. It's like that Instagram video that's going around. Like I started working out. It's like it's like a big black guy. He's talking. He's like, I started working out to get strong. But now or maybe he said something about my demons or something. But now. I just work out because I want to look good, booty bone naked. <laughs> like that's all he says, right? Like that's why I it works seen out. That one, man. Yeah, it's that good. I'll sense. send it to you when I see it. It's good though. But there's some weird ass body shapes out there now that I've never fucking seen before. It's like the no ass. I don't know what it is. I mean, these are twenty year olds. Yeah, but there's also like there's also eating disorders, right? There's people that look at themselves and their their skin and bones and they see fat. Yeah, but that's I'm talking these, these are like fat. It looks like a, a sock that got stuffed. But it's not like proportional at all. It's just the strangest looking, you know, yeah. body types I've yeah. never seen. No, and, and and that's the thing too is like you could do thirty minutes of slow burn cardio. You're gonna you're gonna improve your cardio system, but you're not gonna really gonna improve your muscle skeletal muscular system. Whereas if you did thirty minutes of heavy lifting, that skeletal mus- skeletal muscular system is gonna burn calories for the next twenty four to forty eight hours. Yeah. So you're probably, it's likely that you're going to burn more calories over a 48 hour period doing lifting heavy versus just doing cardio. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, you got to lift to shape and to lose weight. So, you know, now we're at a time where the gyms are packed, which gym hasn't really been packed. It has not been packed at all. I don't know. Probably this COVID spike. People are probably scared. So everybody's staying home. Yeah, maybe. That's the only thing I can think of. So... I mean, last thing I got is uh, sunlight. How much sunlight do you need to get the vitamin D? I don't know. Do you got an answer for that? I didn't look I it up. I don't have an answer. I didn't look it up either. Let's look it up. All right. We looked it up. What is it? So it looks like about 10 to 30 minutes of midday sunlight several times a week. But we got it. We have to also process that as how much of your skin is showing right because if you if you if you're bundled up with a stocking cap and gloves on and you go out for 30 minutes that's not going to no. create any vitamin d and, and the disclaimer too it says people with darker skin may need a little more than this which makes perfect sense because darker skin has evolved from more sunlight yeah yeah which i yeah i've, I've still yet to try to understand that because some people are like white as white can be and they, you tell me that they can't get brown. Tell me some red-haired Irish dude can't get a tan. Not very well. It's red and freckles. Damn. Yeah. No. And that's it's all that's hundreds of thousand years, you know, of of evolution. They didn't need their bodies. 
their bodies had so little melanin because they would only see sun for a little bit of a time. And melanin, I believe, seems to block some of the vitamin D characteristics. Well, it also blocks a lot of the damage that the sun does. So that's why through the center of the equator, if you look at the earth, right? Yeah. The center of the equator, the closer you get, the darker the general people that were from there. Now, it doesn't mean that they didn't move there now because 200 years, how long have we been flying or taking boats, right? Like 1500, 1600 is kind of when people were really transitioning but not really not the way it is now so let's say 700 years 700 years as far as generational evolution is nothing whereas for 200,000 years before that the people were generally staying put you get a little bit of differences but generation after generation after generation you're staying put that's why the closer to the equator you get the darker the skin is yeah yeah so i mean that's what i got here for today and that's uh you know, you got to prepare your body like, you know, a soldier prepares for war. We go out to battle every day. We're exposed by all kinds of shit every day. So, you know, I look can at my imagine, long Can you imagine the list. size of the backpack you'd have to have to prepare your battle for your body for battle? <laughs> That'd be, you'd be the guy that, you'd be the gear queer that's got all of his stuff oh, in his bag. And he's like, I'm it's, here. It's, it's one shelf in I'm my, just in my fucking kitchen, with you. man. I'm just fucking with you. But, you know, it's... I know I always talk about, you know, being Asian. You'll probably younger, outlive me. But... It's cool. I'm picking on you now. You'll be you'll be <laughs> laughing at me like, ha you're laughing at my supplements while uh, I'm in my grave. I just got to keep up with you guys. Right. All right. I think that is a wrap. I hope you guys got something out of that. If you have any questions, shoot us an email. If you want to tell me I'm wrong on something, which I'm totally open to being wrong. I've been wrong on a ton of shit in my life. Um, just let me know. Bye. Good. Out. Oh.